0: Nicholas Pierce calls himself a cook, he doesn't call himself a chef, but he has a pretty sizable Instagram following that follows him because of his cooking. Nick Pierce, Nicholas Pierce, is from Australia, he's from the, su- uh, the north of New South Wales, and uh, his Instagram handle is ReciPierce, R E C I P S P A, P E A R C E. And I wanted to have a conversation with him because he started this game meat series on his Instagram about cooking. And I was like, whoa, where's this game meat coming from? Where's this hunting come from? And Nick is a relatively new hunter. He's only started hunting four years ago, thanks to um, friends of ours, Eamon Waddington and the broadside hunting crew. And Nick is, is full circle. He's, he's all in. And he's doing it the right way. And just want to have a good conversation with the guy about you know why he decided to become a hunter what does hunting mean to him now and his cooking specifically so enjoy this conversation it's a really cool one so enjoy so there's a reason why i started Blood origins and that reason is simple is that i wanted to convey the truth about hunting a feminist that works for a non-profit that is a hunter that has only eaten wild game for the last 20 years is likely not the thing that people think about when it comes to a hunter so you know what I love about I love about you personally but I love about sort of the community that you represent is that you guys tend not to give a shit (laughs) alright In that, you've got a pretty big community, dude. You're like, you know, 93,000 people on Instagram, you know, probably well-known chef kind of scenario, right?
1: Yeah, yeah, definitely. It It trips me out that we've got that many people You're okay telling
0: people that you hunt, right? Yeah.
1: Yeah, I mean, um, particularly, uh, this podcast is very timely because I just released the Game Meat series. Um, so when Dude, you hit with, me up-
0: with, hey, hook me up, man. I, I wear Bluntstones all yeah. the time
1: <laughs> over know. here. That for me I'm is like telling a dream you, brand. i you, I just looked at that.
0: I was like, what the hell? They were yeah. good with hunting? Tell me about that conversation. Well,
1: I know. I like, so I hit up so many brands, um, saying that we were going to do a game meat series and something that I, you know, just so wholeheartedly believe in. Um, and I thought plenty of brands. Brands would jump at it knowing and trusting um, how I approach things, knowing that I would do it in a tasteful way, knowing that it would be something that our audience has already been exposed to. And so many people didn't want to touch it. Um, but Blundstone, yeah, were happy to yeah, support us in it. And not only were they happy to support me posting about it, they were happy to do a collaborative post. I
0: know. I saw that.
1: I was so stoked. Like so stoked.
0: Like, did they not? Before, before I keep going, Nicholas Pierce, welcome to the Blood Origins podcast. Thanks,
1: man. Thanks, Robbie. (laughs) Cheers, mate.
0: Australian chef. Give us a little bit of an intro to who you are. What makes you so famous?
1: (laughs) Yeah. So. um, Yeah. Well, it's funny. It's sort of by accident, really, that we have such a big following. Um, So. Yeah, I'm not a trained chef as such, but I've been in hospitality my entire life since I left school. Um, I had a coffee roasting business here on the, I live in Cabarita Beach, which is just northern New South Wales in Australia. Um, and close by to here, I've got a cafe and a pizza restaurant. Um, and I had a coffee roastery for just over 10 years. So I've been in hospo my whole life, really interested in just great quality food, where it comes from. Um, which is the story that kind of led me to hunting. But a couple of years ago, I sold my um, coffee roasting business called Blackboard. Um, and just as I was going through that transition of selling it and we had it general managed, so I had a little bit more time on my hands. Um, and my wife has a podcast herself. And, um, and yeah, she but she's has, got a
0: pretty big following herself.
1: Yeah. So she's got a podcast all around. Um, birth and um raising kids and just a really beautiful community of um mainly women but some some guys listen to it too but yeah just supporting each other so her management suggested that we get into um doing food content online and when it was first suggested to me i was not keen at all i was like no one's gonna want to watch you know a guy who's not a um you know traditionally trained chef like cook on instagram um But my wife started posting meals that I was creating and asking me how I did it, and she'd put all the steps up. And particularly during COVID, it just got so popular. Um, Man. Like so quickly, it blew me away. And the thing that really got me on board with it was um, a mum sent us in a message, and it was uh, her son had got into cooking through watching these videos. Um, And when I was younger, that for me was watching Jamie Oliver. And... And seeing his Mm -hmm. passion for food and him invite his friends around and cook for them. And um, you know, you could tell that like, you know, he was very charming and it was just the whole thing. I found that really cool. And that's what sort of made me proud to um want to be associated with how much I loved cooking, as opposed to, you know, when I was growing up, a lot of it was more like a Betty Crocker type scenario in the kitchen, you know. Whereas Jamie Oliver made it cool and um that sort of opened up the gateway for Young men to say, Yeah, I, I want to cook and that's what I want to do. So, um, yeah, since that moment, I've really leaned into it and made it, made the page represent what I sort of believe in and what I love to do. And um, yeah, we nearly got 100,000 followers on recipes, which is pretty it's crazy. crazy. <laughs> yeah. It's pretty funny. Yeah.
0: You, 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 it comes off your tongue just like recipes, but it's actually yeah. recipes. <laughs> yeah. And a lot of people uh, think my name is Greece.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Yeah.
0: So, listen, um, you obviously have a love now of cooking, but you also have a love of hunting.
1: For sure, yeah. Did you grow up hunting? Not at all. I've only been hunting. I think I was talking to my wife about this yesterday. First time I went hunting was four years ago.
0: Okay. Who'd you go hunting
1: with? I went hunting with um, an outfit in Australia called Broadside Hunting. At oh, my time, gosh. Really? Yeah. Eamon,
0: yeah. come on now. I have it.
1: Yeah. <laughs> a, he's a good man. Bugger. He, he's, he's my a
0: good Yeah. Nice. I like it. <laughs> yeah. Big shout out to Eamon and Broadside. No, he's doing it great. That broadside I was I was I actually think I knew the answer because I think that's where I found you.
1: Yeah, for um, sure. Originally.
0: that um, Eamon's doing a great thing introducing good people to to oh, hunting, man. especially he- with the, the the rich resource that you have in New South Wales.
1: Yeah, and he to me is the unsung hero of australian hunting um for i feel like the the younger generation particularly the way he's like educating and making it palatable and yeah he's just doing an amazing job down there um and i met him through another friend and and um i went and did one of their courses at that time it was down in barrel and then they moved to this other amazing property in the hunter valley and um he knew i was into cooking so i would go down and help him um, do some food with the courses with another friend um Xavier who's also into cooking and then yeah when I had a few less kids than I do now I was going to all the courses and um and cooking it and would only cook game meat so I just have this intense love now of of um just that whole process of like going out to um you know get an animal and the effort that takes and then bringing back it and preparing it and just the connection to the food and sharing it it's just a level of like contentment i've never experienced in cooking before like you even go to the markets and buy beautiful produce and come home and cook it and you just don't get this same yeah it's just a feeling and then when you share that food it's like the thing you feel like you're supposed supposed to be doing it's Hmm. yeah it's hard to articulate how much i actually love it but yeah it's different
0: how did what was the process, or maybe a, maybe a simpler question is, why did you decide that you wanted to become a hunter?
1: Yeah, so initially, having worked in hospitality, you get to see kind of the ugly beast of our food industry. Um, and every time, the best things that I've eaten have always had an amazing story behind them and coffee is really similar the best coffees that we would try even if you knew nothing about it if it was really unique you would scratch the surface and behind it would be an amazing story or an amazing person who's really you know doing something exceptional with um with their processing or growing or Something like that. And I've found something really similar with food. So I'm I also love fishing. I've probably spent more of my life fishing than I have um hunting. But you say you have a, an amazing piece of fish. When you start to scratch a surface below that, usually it's something that's local, it's something that has been treated really well to get to that plate. And, you know, someone might be say using an icky jimmy style of um processing that fish where they brain spike it and put it in a a saltwater ice slurry. And there's just this story that that you start to learn about and you go, all right, cool. Well, I want to experience that over and over again. I need to go and catch my own fish to do that. Um, And hunting for me was sort of the next logical step. I um, I remember watching uh, Meat Eater and hearing Steve Rinella talk about it and just the time being in the bush. I really wanted a taste of it. So... And you, you, know, you
0: hadn't done any of it. Like you had. Parents, dad didn't hunt. <laughs> yeah. Mom didn't hunt. No. What did you? What did you? Um. What did you think about hunting? If you had no exposure to it, if you weren't in it, How old are you now, Nick?
1: Uh, how old am I? <laughs> Thirty-three.
0: Yeah. Okay, so you're twenty-eight, yeah. 28, 29 twenty-nine-ish. Yeah. Think that you sort of. Think about this idea of going hunting, but all the way through your 20s, was there a perception about hunting, or maybe it was just almost like, ah, I didn't really think about it?
1: 100%. My perception was pretty negative, to be honest. Um, really? Yeah. Particularly um, in Australia, I feel like most hunting is represented probably by like a pigging community. So it's like um, the intent is just to kill. Um, and that. Yeah, it's kind of, like, pretty brutal and ego-driven, and it's a sport, Um, and that still doesn't sort of speak to me in terms of, like, the experience that I like to have hunting, but...
0: Where do you think that came from? Where do you think, like, your your opinion got... Constructed. How did it get constructed?
1: Yeah, I would say it's twofold. I think growing up loving Bugs Bunny, um, <laughs> there's honestly, you know, every Disney movie like Bambi. There's all the evil villain is always um, the hunter. You know, they're trying to kill these <laughs> animals that uh, <laughs> you know have characters and talk and um, hunting's bad. Guns are bad. Um, killing animals is bad. You know, that's sort of pretty strong message growing up that um, you just don't kill things, you know. Um, get your family ate meat, right? Yeah, we ate meat. We'd go fishing. Um, so, yeah, it's huge. You know, obviously I have a very different opinion now looking back at that. But, of course, of course, um, of course. And then, yeah, moving forward, like watching the particular meat, e- meat eater episode I watched was um, bow hunting. And that's what, what led you to watch a meaty episode? Um, it's just Yeah, it's just food related. Like I think the fact okay. that they do catch and cook was what attracted okay. me to it. Um, You know, I'm a pretty adventurous person. I love hiking and um, I just remember a friend sort of suggesting that I might like it and I watched an episode where they did um, like a deer catching and cook and I was just like that just spoke to me straight away that it's something that, I would like to mm. experience. And I think the way that Steve um, articulates the hunting process as something of beauty rather than this really macho, um, you know, kind of ego-driven killing intent type thing, yeah, it really spoke to me because um yeah, it just seemed he spoke about it in like a meditative way that I was like he could have a whole episode where they didn't catch anything and he had, like, the best week of his life. And I was like, that's so mm-hmm. cool, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas hunting stuff I'd been exposed to before had been, you know, a lot of kill shots and a lot of just people high-fiving each other and it seemed like this, um, you know, celebration of death rather than, you know. I obviously high-five my friends now but we've been in the bush for Days, or we've been searching for something, and you don't get that backstory of how hard they've worked to get to that point. Um, right. So I feel like some of those things can misrepresent what hunting's about, and um, that's why I'm trying really hard to articulate it on our page in a, in a way that does it justice. Hmm. Hmm.
0: Yeah. It's um. Knowing I I was fortunate enough. Um, I was, I told you, and I think you know this, I was just in Sydney, um, yeah. visiting family and whatnot. And I was lucky enough to go, Nick Morton and Jack Crick and the guys from bow hunting only have access to a property up in the Hunter, the head of the Hunter Valley. Oh, and sweet. I was fortunate enough to go spend, you know, 36 hours with him. So I know how steep some of those hills can be and how quickly yeah. you need to move on those hills. Um, yeah. why do you think? I agree with you, man. That's the whole reason why we built Blood Origins is that this idea, you know, that all we are represented by in the past, even today, perception-wise, we're represented by the kill, mm. right? And people wonder why we have a, a perception problem, why we have a PR problem when all you see is kill shots. Mm. Why do you think we've forgotten about everything else? Why, have we, why are we not telling the story about everything else?
1: Yeah, so I think that's kind of like twofold. Um, at, the more I hunt, the more desensitized I become to the people I follow and the things that mm. that I that I feel uncomfortable about because I'm doing it more and more. I now have to consciously sort of stop myself from posting things that I'm comfortable with to remind myself that five years ago if I saw that that's I'd a be good like point that's barbaric, you know? Um, and I've got friends who, you know, have no problem putting anything up and the same with fish. I try to, I try to, um, you know, not post fish on the deck bloody and, um, and just sitting there. Um, you know, I feel like that's a real disrespect to the life that you've taken. And I sort of feel the same with, um, hunting. Like I don't post, um, you know, I took one sort of for myself for the memory of holding the antlers like a, tr- a classic shot because I got a really nice 6 by 6 red, but I chose not to post that photo because I feel like it requires some knowledge to be able to digest the information. Whereas if me just shooting a, a red 6 by 6 mature deer looks like I'm just, um, you know, hunting for the trophy, whereas it's taken me five years to get to the point of even being able to harvest that animal. But if you see that photo just isolated, you don't get that backstory. So I chose not to share that um, picture. And and I see like my role from the food side of it is to get people who are on the fence just to dip their toe into it. Um, (laughs) Whereas people who are really pure hunters and they love doing it, it's all they do, I feel like their photos could be pushing people further away from understanding it because they are, can be quite polarizing. Um, yeah, I get that
0: completely. Yeah.
1: So, yeah, I, I see it as um, the individual hunter's responsibility if they want to be an advocate for changing that narrative to, to um, be tasteful in the way that we articulate it and go to the trouble of articulating it to people who may not otherwise understand whereas i find some people post photos just to be provocative knowing that they're going to get hate comments and whatever but um you know they're sort of saying like f you this is how i get my meat you know um which is not doing much for the industry
0: (laughs) yeah and social media you know unfortunately negative negative content on social media drives massive engagement yeah um so you know, a lot of people doing it for that reason, but you're absolutely right. I've never really thought about it from a desensitization perspective that, you know, someone like you who comes to it with these eyes that you have, that five years ago, you looked at a picture A and were like, oh, geez, that's, mm-hmm. that's really bad. Five years later, you look at picture A and you're like, oh man, good on the guy, you know?
1: Yeah. I'm like, that's it's so just sick. Like, well done, man. Like, yeah. yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah.
0: Um. The, uh, it, it's a, it's a fascinating and, and really what you, what we're trying to overcome, what we have to overcome in the hunting community is this idea that I, I see it all the time. Well, I can do what I want. Yeah. I can post what I want, you know, and to the, to you, even the desensitization point, if they can't handle it, tough, tough cookie. Yeah but that you've just got to, like our narrative has to change. Our narrative has to, like to your point of the trophy picture, like the trophy picture, I don't have a problem with people posting trophy pictures, obviously clean the animal up, put the tongue in, yeah, make it look like a really nice photograph, but then also, su- you know, supplement that photograph with a video of you freaking heavy breathing up the mountain, you know, yeah. walking yeah. to carrying it out to what you do, the cooking and the meat and, all yeah. that kind of stuff. So you get the full picture, you get the full story, not just a single trophy picture.
1: Yeah. And to your point there, the, what I've recognized is every time I post food first and then the hunt process after, it's, I'm, I very rarely get any negative feedback. If mm. I post a dead animal first, like, you know, the deer. Dead on the ground and then me hanging it on the gramble and processing it, and then the food. Always, I get people, you know, sending emojis of like vomit and like, oh, yuck, and it's too much. But every time I post food first and people go, yum. And then I post the process after, they're like, oh, okay, like that might be a bit confronting, but that's how he made those epic tacos, you know? and they're already hungry. So it's like, oh, maybe I, you know, maybe I am into that. Um, and that's, I think a lot about that stuff because, um, you know, going back to what the broadside guys do, the way that they educated me about hunting and um, that they even educated us about the type of photos that we should be posting to do it justice. So a lot of it goes back to what, um, you know, Eamon has instilled in us. Um, to, to be advocates for what he really believes in. And, um, mm-hmm. and yeah, a lot of the guys who go down to broadside take beautiful pictures and, um, you know, half of them are nature pictures. They're not, they're not dead deer. And I feel like that really does a lot for, for um, yeah, for the hunting in Australia particularly.
0: What have you found? Obviously, your, your community is probably very non-hunter based right? Mm. Would you say that?
1: Yeah, definitely. Yeah, Last night, I was really surprised. It's the first time I've posted about hunting and my followers have actually gone up. Really? Yeah.
0: Maybe you pulled a when, bunch of bloodstone people over.
1: Maybe. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, usually I always see, even if people don't, aren't, uh, you know, don't articulate their disagreements, I usually see some small decline but yeah yesterday was the first time i've seen um our following increase when posting about hunting
0: yeah it's interesting i'm just looking at the comments on the post right now and nothing not a single not a single (laughs) negative comment there is one which one
1: Yeah, um, just from an Australian, I actually cooked for her up in Noosa, her name's Brinkley Um, and she is vegan, but she also, she does some amazing work for, um, particularly in the like ocean space for protecting marine animals. Um, But I haven't even responded to her comment because she covered so many things in it that I knew that. Getting into a tit for tat on Instagram, it was just going to come up as the first, you know, comment. Um, So yeah, I was going to respond to her and just say like, you know, it's more suited to a long form conversation because she uh, she sort of included like five or six points in her reply, and yeah, it's just not the best. Yeah, I'm reading it
0: here, and she's a big account.
1: Yeah, yeah, she's got a huge following, and, and we I've had lengthy discussions with her about hunting, like when we cooked together, and we agreed on a lot of things, which was cool. But fundamentally, I eat meat, and I have no problem eating, you know, hooved animals and fish, and um, it's something I'm very proud of. So there is going to be a point with which we just don't agree.
0: Well, yeah, she does have some some she does have some good points. I think she's yeah. a little. Um she, she's quite she's sort of misunderstanding the idea of management of deer versus the management of like roos and ducks. Yeah. Um because, you know, animals are animals, but she is, you know, she is right, Australia's the largest mammal extinction in the history of the world. Um yeah, it'd be pretty cool to um she would be one that it sounds like even though she is You say she's vegan right yeah she sounds like she she's she sounds like she has no problem with hunting yeah sensitive topic there pierce and appreciate that you're promoting shooting in a quick death way which is more humane than poison or shot left there by government permits i agree with you there
1: yeah no she's definitely she's definitely not um just a keyboard warrior um but you know, it's more suited to like say have a podcast with someone like that, hundred can explore the topics. Whereas you go tit for tat on Instagram, and you're always trying to reduce your words so it can fit in the comment thing, and it just doesn't. I don't know. I just don't think it's the best medium to have the conversation because you know a lot of the points she made in there too, and she spoke about habitat loss from hooved animals, and that's not mutually exclusive to vegetables either, and. Um, And yeah, it's just like any of those little topics, if you want to dip your toe into, it's such a deeper conversation that, um, Mm -hmm. you know, I always try to be really respectful to people um, Mm -hmm. on Instagram and say like, you know, I'm always happy to have a conversation if you want to kind of go into it. Because I've only been doing this for four years, so I'm definitely not. You know the most educated person out there, but I feel like I've seen a lot of stuff firsthand, so I understand yeah, you're a lot of the.
0: you the the perfect person to have those kinds of conversations yeah. because of that fact, Nicholas.
1: Exactly. Yeah.
0: Yeah, it's um, I'd love to keep me in the loop of what happens there with Brinkley, and yeah. what you may even do is slide into a DMs and go, "Hey, if you want to have a big, a larger conversation about, you know, hunting in Australia and." management or whatnot we'd host a podcast with her on it yeah awesome totally easy tell her she can put her voice on the global on the global stage yeah she's Um, cool
1: too like she's so respectful and um
0: yeah and this is what i would say to you is and i've done this a couple of times is tell her robbie's the kind of guy that he just says any question yeah she has about hunting or wildlife management. I have a PhD in restoration ecology. Yeah, so awesome. Just just say that that'll be the podcast. No, yeah. like just hers are spitting cool questions. Actually. Yeah. We've done it twice and it's yeah. turned out really really good. Yeah. Um I had a vegan on who's um he actually works for like one of the big 2A 2A in America is uh second amendment gun rights. Oh yeah. He's one of like their big he's one of their big social guys. Mm-hmm. And I had him on and had a phenomenal conversation with him. Yeah. cool. Um, had a big conversation with a fitness uh, person who was one of the first trainers of the biggest loser here in America. Oh yeah. Again, ask me anything.
1: Yeah. So
0: So Gay Meat series. What gay meat? I saw we had a little bit of uh, was it fallow Deer last night? Uh
1: Red Deer last night. Yeah. Red deer? So, um, what's the property, next? The property that we hunt on has red deer, fallow deer, and goats. Um, and so Little that's pigs? oh, it does have pigs. But um, yeah, I don't, I don't love. I have eaten some <laughs> of the, <laughs> I have eaten some of the um, like yeah, I've harvested some younger ones there. But I don't know. Just the whole brucellosis thing and all that just weaks yeah, me out. Yeah, it's tough. You it's know. Tough. Yeah. I'll
0: tell you this when you come yeah. to America pigs in texas yeah corn fed pigs in texas yeah you have never eaten a pork chop
1: yeah is that like where you a, leave a texas? Pig out of texas
0: i live in memphis tennessee now i used to live oh, in mississippi sweet. yeah but i used to my my oldest is 11 now when yeah. he was like seven or eight we used to make pork chops we kept the rib on obviously and he would say dad look at my rib graveyard because you'd have like a pile of Pork That's ribs because he's just devouring it. Yeah,
1: um, I'm so like pork keen to chops, try ribs. Um, Is
0: amazing. it Havelina?
1: Is that the other Havelina like sort of-
0: Is good. You've just got to watch out because they've got massive glands on them.
1: Oh, okay.
0: But if you if you know how to where they are, yeah. it almost looks and I, I, I hate to be like this, but it almost looks like they've got a boob nipple. Yeah, right on the back of the of, of their spine.
1: Yeah. And what if you puncture that gland. gland then it will mm. Yeah, spoiler. Yeah, meat. it's pretty bad. Yeah. yeah. I watched that meat eater episode where they um, were cooking that javelina and I was just like, Oh man, that's yeah. Sometime in my life I'll be over there doing that. <laughs> well, well we'll be happy to help you when you when you get here. So yeah. red.
0: What, what yep. so what what else? Fallow
1: So red, fallow, um, and goats. So the next recipe will be um, venison gyoza so we did some pot stickers with some venison mints um when we arrived up to the hut we had a fair few um meals planned and we we're just going to kind of see how the week went um and it, we, i just had a newborn so we, i've got i th- i've got three girls at home and um my last daughter how many kids do you have a three
0: with and three and three girls
1: three girls Yeah. So, my last daughter, Pearl, was only um, two months old. And I said to my wife, I was like, I really want to hunt the rat. If you can just give me five days to go down and do my thing, then I, you know, I won't hunt the rest of the year unless you feel like we're, you know, we're in a good you place and I can sort house, of get away. Unquote. Yeah, yeah. 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 Um, <laughs> and how's this? We went out the first arvo, me and my best mate, Kyle, and we're on the hill and um, I was sort of just cruising, you know, I, we got five days. Like I want to get eyes on a mature red. That was, that was my, uh, my goal to get a six by six red. And um, the first Arvo, we just hear one sort of roaring and the lights fading. And I'm like, oh, he's too far away. And it was pretty funny. On the way down, my mate Kyle bought a, um, a fuel funnel to roar into because we'd seen everyone with those big horn and he's like it looks the same as a fuel funnel let's just give that a crack (laughs) so um i let rip into it and um he roared straight back um and he sounded a lot closer so he started putting some hind calls in and he just came literally bolting down this hill and um i've said he's like he's facing us and roaring and i'm looking i'm like man he looks like a good size so i got um i couldn't see all the points through my binos, so i got set up and we're on a really steep section on this hill, just grass trees all around us and like just um rocks falling away. And I got my bipod set up and looked through the scope and it was a six by six red. And I was just like so conflicted. I'm like, this is the first Arvo hunt and I've, I've convinced my wife to give me five days to hunt. Like, do I really want to end this right now? You know? Um so these are the things going through my head and I just, you know, I'm so many people say hunt the car park, you know, like that's Take the opportunity Correct. in front of you. So, um, so yeah, I, uh, I actually missed my first shot. I was shaking so much. And then <laughs> and then I pulled him up with another um, hind call, and, and the second one was bang on. So, um, yeah, we had the next five days to, to process him and cook. And um, I did Euro mount for the head. But yeah, it gave us heaps of time for cooking. So we did some um, pot stickers um, with him. We did some. I did like an awful bolognese, so I included some heart and liver in there, and did like an old school Italian um, bolognese, which is mainly Jeez. based with tomatoes and milk. Mm-hmm. Um, and I absolutely love it. Um, Eamon doesn't is not a liver guy, and I was like, I'm gonna sneak some in there. He won't even notice. And he, first, did he bite, notice? first bite, first bite is like, is there a liver in this? So I was like, damn it! I just thought he'd <laughs> never be able to tell. But um, yeah, surprisingly, all the boys. Um, really enjoyed it despite some of them who are a bit more sensitive to liver feeling, like there was a little bit of that me- metallic taste. Mm-hmm. But, um, yeah, and then um, we've got heaps, heaps of things to cook. I'm going to do 10 or 12 recipes. I'm going to make like a goat curry in a butter chicken style. Heck, so yes. Butter goat curry, which sounds a bit, um, doesn't roll mm-hmm. off the tongue. But mm-hmm. um, that one I'm really excited about because I think, the recipes that I'm going to do, I would like people to watch and want to recreate once a week. So, yeah. I'm going to do some simple things like, um, you know, a vetison udon noodle stir fry, um, which very few ingredients. You can use any of the leg cuts for it, and it is ready in like 20 I'll minutes. I'll make that, man. I yeah.
0: will make that.
1: Yeah. And that, that's something Fill that- Film me being Nick Pierce in Memphis, Tennessee. Yeah. I'll cook it, then you cook it, and then we'll, um, you know, <laughs> we we'll do compare and contrast. Have you watched, a, I don't know
0: what his name is. He's on TikTok. My kids love him. It's an American guy who goes back and finds like 1920s cookbooks, and he tries to re- replicate the recipe.
1: No, you'll Holy have to send it shit. to me. he is. Yeah.
0: Number one, he's funny as all get out. Yeah. Two, the, some of the recipes are amazing. Yeah, some are horrible.
1: Oh, I can imagine. And he that. cooks them to the teeth, <laughs> right imagine. to the teeth.:
0: <laughs> Yeah, and you watch him eat it, and he's like, <laughs> "Yeah." I'd have to look it up. My my kids yeah.
1: love it. I um I still can't get my head around TikTok. Um, my um manager's always telling me to put out recipes on there, but I'm just like, it's the first time in my life I feel like I'm starting to get old because I'm just like I don't understand what's happening here. <laughs> Yeah,
0: it's, it's just one of those things that, you know, it's sign of the times, and yeah. you got to do it to, to grow your audience, and okay. is what it is, man. Yeah. Well, dude, I'm just, I'm exceptionally proud to, and I speak for all hunters and all of the hunting community, that we have someone like you in our ranks, and that, yeah. you know, you're, you're not afraid to talk about hunting, to show that you're a hunter in your community and on social media. Need more and more of you guys like that and, and big props and shout out to Eamon uh, for teaching you right. Yeah, you know, for teaching sure. you the thing that is important, which is how to conduct yourself in this social media age when it comes to being a hunter. Yeah. So big props to him and big props to you. Sorry we couldn't uh, cross paths. Uh, no, not Australia. At all. I'm
1: sure I'm sure it'll happen at some point. Yeah.
0: For sure, for sure. Yeah. Uh, if you don't follow him already, I bet you you do, and I didn't check, I didn't cross correlate this. Do you yeah. follow John Raleigh?
1: I do, yeah. He's amazing. The Bush River Kitchen guy? Mate, we I um I've never met him, but um we often uh, like write to each other on Insta. We've got like a bit of a bromance going. He's um he's exceptional, eh? His food looks so, so good. I uh
0: I came out of the hunter yeah. after hunting, drove straight to his Bush River kitchen house. Yeah. And the dude was like, you want, you're going to stay for lunch, right? I was right. like, of course, you're a chef. Of course yeah. I'm staying. <laughs> so the dude said he brought out some uh, bonito fillets that he yep. had spears fished himself off the, off the headlands at Bondi. Yeah, awesome. And sashimi those up. He, did a, he took a blowtorch and sort of blowtorched the top to give it a just a little style. bit of heat. Yeah. yeah, then he put prawn head oil... Yeah, he doused in prawn head oil, mint, and and tangerines. Yeah, Did that for appetizers. Then he cooked a fallow, a fallow tenderloin. Yeah, um, that was cooked to perfection. And this is the thing that I knew that like I needed to step up my game. Next to my yeah. uh, uh, range, I have a little little tub of salt, right? Yeah, but it's the fine granular salt. John yeah. has like a. Dare I say, like a two kilo bucket of coarse salt?
1: Yeah, it'd be like Murray River pink salt or Maldon salt flakes or something like that. Yeah,
0: but it's salt like, but it's in a in a monster tub, right? Yeah, and he married the the fallow backstrap with butternut puree that he put into like a little squeegee bottle to make it look good, and wild harvested mushrooms. Uh, marinated and sautéed in a venison au jus. Holy smokes! That was a smokes. very thick venison au jus, dude. It was like
1: yeah, next level eh? next
0: level. <laughs> and It looked so easy. Oh, and then he fried it, and he had some some mashed some potatoes, some little uh, uh, russet potatoes that were yeah. you mean grilled made grilled up, real it, good made roasted. It look easy.
1: <laughs>
0: he made it look so easy. I was like, yeah. I've got the same equipment. I can do, you know. Nah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah, see, guys like that to me, like I personally, I don't have, I'm not like a traditionally trained chef and that to me, like I never really call myself a chef because I look at guys who have the ability to do all these different um, elements to a dish and then pull them together in this really elegant way. Like I've always just called myself a cook because even though I've been involved with like menu planning and stuff any time I've worked in a kitchen with a cook, they're like that guy's like out of control, you know. Like I don't have like the processes; I am very loose, and um, you know, I've my business partner is like a German chef, and you can imagine he's like meticulous, you know. Whereas I cook with those guys, and they're like, "Get this like guy out of my kitchen," you know. He's like just fast <laughs> and loose, and um, and and. You know, I love what guys like that do, but say, for example, you post those things on Instagram to an audience you're trying to get to replicate stuff and, and, it, and they're like, wow, that looks beautiful and I want to eat that, but it's hard to replicate. Yeah. Yeah. Whereas like where I feel like I sit really well is like I'm a bit of a punter myself, but I also have a, a lot of um, cooking skills I purposefully try to dumb down the things I do to make them achievable. And I feel like if we can do that in the venison and um, goat and just hunting world in general, that average Joe at home looks at the thing that I make and go, oh, I reckon I could probably do that. And where can I get some venison? And, you know, and it just Mm. starts them dipping their toe into our world. And like, I've got so much respect for, you know guys like john and um you know mark from three blue ducks and guys who are advocating hunting but um you know a lot of those guys have skills that have just been honed for years and years and years in the kitchen that some of the dishes could can be quite polarizing to the average person um Mm. but yeah i think it's all good like having having anyone advocate and and cook beautiful food that. Makes people salivate over these amazing resources is is a win. I think. Hundred
0: percent, man. Hundred yeah. percent. Well, man, I appreciate you reach out yeah, to us too, if we man. can ever do anything for you. Um, let me know where I need to send my address for my blunt stones that are yeah. going to come through the mail. <laughs> what size? Okay? Are
1: you? Ten and a half, baby. I'll just send you my old ones. <laughs> oh. <laughs> yeah, I got okay, a pair of ones. old ones. Thanks. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> No, I was saying, um, I'm really good to chat to you, Robbie. Yeah,
0: thank you, man. And keep up the good work. And uh, again, just let us know if we can do anything for you, okay?
1: Happy days. Thanks, man.
0: Well, that's it for today. I appreciate you listening. As always, leave a review, share it with your friends, and most importantly, do what's right to convey the truth around hunting.